Hello and welcome to another edition of the Let's Review podcast. I'm Adam McPartland and with me as always is Steve Bellafield. Steve, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing quite all right. Thank you. Uh, I am doing very well. Good. The, I'm... the sleeping has been going pretty well. I just sleep every day until like 12 and it's amazing. <laughs> That's the way to do it. That's the only way to do it in these times. But you know what? Things are starting to open up again, so don't get too comfortable sleeping until noon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately. Darn it, world. Why do you have to get better? <laughs> Speaking of really bad worlds, that's one of our movies today. But, Steve, this was your idea, so I'm going to let you talk about it. Okay. Tell us all about today's episode, Steve. <laughs> okay, so... This, just as a little preface, this was inspired by a little improv exercise that I used to do in an improv class in college where somebody would name a topic and uh, whoever was performing had to go on a rant, an angry rant about it. So in the spirit of that, not quite the same thing, but in the spirit of that, my topic this week was that we choose two movies that we both like, we both like a lot. And we're going to flip a coin for each movie. And whoever loses the coin flip has to rip the movie apart. <laughs> and the other one gets to defend the movie. And we just debate about the both of the movies. And so Adam, being the evil genius that he is, goes <laughs> <laughs> for our first movie today. Like he said, a bad world. Uh, not a mad world, exactly, but maybe... A mad world. Uh, he shows Mad Max Fury Road, which both of us love very much. <laughs> <laughs> One of us more than the other. Yeah. By a wide margin. <laughs> okay. So, with that in mind, I get to flip the coin. Uh, Adam, I'm going to let you call it. So, okay. heads or tails? Okay. Uh, well, what are, the, what are the heads and what is tails? Uh, heads is the one with the heads on it. Oh, uh, sorry. If you get the... <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, <laughs> yes, that's what I want you to do. I want you to describe how a coin works. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> it took crap. me a second to to realize what you were referring to. I was like, "Do you think I'm using like a weird foreign coin or something?" No, I'm using a no, standard. No, it's a it's a, it's a double headed <laughs> coin. That's what it is. Yes, exactly. One side, it's like Harvey Dent's coin. Uh, how yes, appropriate, which considering. Is, uh, very uh, appropriate. Yes. Yeah, we'll get to that. But uh, <clears throat> just if you win the coin toss like if just call one of them and if it comes up your side then uh then you win oh so, yeah. and i win and i can decide who picks oh okay that's yeah. how it's gonna go okay that sounds good to me all right so i will call uh tails all right tails it is and for the sake of posterity or not posterity just for the record i am going to be flipping it catching it in my hand and then flipping it over onto my arm as is tradition sounds good to me all right here we go coin flipping Ah, uh, dang it. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Victory is mine! Dang. <laughs> it was Tails indeed. <laughs> oh, so Steve! <laughs> <laughs> Steve, welcome to your life. <laughs> welcome okay, you to... Start out. You start out. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the House of Pain. <laughs> oh, man. Well, 
I I personally love Mad Max Fury Road. I think it was one of the best movies of, of 2015. I mean that there's you know, I'm just so giddy with excitement. I really want you to start us off, Steve. I really do. I can't think straight. I really I really need you to start us off here, Steve. I can't think straight. Well, you know, you, you see the <laughs> Okay. Uh um all right. So the first criticism with Mad Max Fury Road is this is not the story of Mad Max. Mad Max is made to be suffering throughout the whole dang thing, and he should be the one driving the plot. Like, literally driving the plot. But but he... He, uh, he, he should... I mean... Like, okay, Mad Max is not the main character in his own film, and that's just... That just doesn't sound right, does it? Like, he's he's a very kind of boring character, doesn't really do much, we don't know much about him, and <clears throat> he doesn't seem all that dynamic. The most in terms of character development that he seems to get is he refuses to do anything to help out until, like, until Furiosa gives him the, the thing to remove his mask, which is a funny moment, but come on, that's... That's not much in terms of character developments, and like it, a lot of this, a lot of the film is also additionally quite silly. Let's let's face it. Come on, like the guys who spray themselves with the chrome and everything. The, that's just ridiculous, and <clears throat> and and the <laughs> God dang you. Uh, uh, okay, so. The... Give me a sec. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Uh, all right. Um, 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 uh, respond to one of my criticisms. Give me a bit of time. <laughs> sure. I'll, yeah, absolutely. So um, I don't think that a, a movie necessarily has to suffer if the, the title character is not the center of attention. On the contrary, I think it helps to say that it's Mad Max's experience along the Fury Road. It's not necessarily the story of Mad Max. It's Mad Max who gets hauled into this thing. We already know who Mad Max is. There were three other movies about it. And I understand this was not necessarily a sequel, even though it was. It's kind of a weird little cousin thing in the way that Prometheus is a weird little cousin to Aliens. But we already know all we need to know about Mad Max. We know his life has been a real miserable crap fest all the way through. And this is just his life now that he's he's living it. He's take he's he's gone, he's finished at Thunderdome, he's finished beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> and this just happens to be another escapade of his that is not about him, but just that he's witnessing and quote, I mean, I mean, pun intended here, along for the ride. Yeah, I see what, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not a Mad Max movie so much as it's a, a Mad Max witnessing event. It's part of his life, but it's not about him. We already know what we need to know about him. He's just there, like I say, along for the ride, and 
I think it's a good thing because it shows that not everything that happens in your life has to be about you. Sometimes it's just about the experience and about the fact that you're there helping somebody else's story. It doesn't, you don't need to be the main character in your own life and in your own movie in order for you to have an important part. And I think that's the smart thing about this movie. It doesn't, it's not really about him, even though it's titled after him, but he still plays a very important role in saving Furiosa at the end with the, the blood bag stuff. And this whole idea of witnessing things is, is, is not just Max witnessing all this stuff going on around him that he got dragged along for the ride with. It's also uh, echoed in the uh, war dogs saying, witness me when they're about to die, especially Nux at the very end when he very somberly says, witness me to one of the wives. And that's, I think that's the bigger point of, of the movie is just being there to see these events and not necessarily it's your life, but you are involved and you play a role in somebody else's story. Well, the, well, you see, I can kind of understand that, but the fact of the matter is that it doesn't feel like two stories coming together. It just kind of feels like Max is completely out of place here. It feels like he, like, nothing would have changed in the story if Max wasn't there. Like, maybe one or two people would have died, uh, additionally, from from the way the movie goes. But Max doesn't really do much of anything. Like, I can accept him, I guess, being, being a, a side character in his own movie. But <clears throat> I, can I can accept that this is Furiosa's story. But Max himself doesn't do all that much in this film. And that would be fine if it... If he he wasn't in this if this was a side story like that didn't involve max like i don't know maybe george miller could have gone for the post-apocalyptic australia expanded universe but <laughs> which <laughs> actually that kind of would work but uh <clears throat> on top of him not doing all that much this movie when you when you really get down to it it's all just one big chase scene and the the problem is like the problem with that is that an action scene is good when it doesn't go on too long, but the chase just goes on and on and on. It's not much more than a two-hour chase scene, and I'm sure that they could have. Uh, I'm sure that they could have put in more uh, moments of lightness and like calm down and change it up a little bit like from the word go the moment that furiosa escapes it just kind of they're they're running away from immortan joe and then they are just running away from immortan joe in the other direction and i don't know it just kind of gets dull after a while Okay, well, aside from the fact that I know that it pains you to say all these things, yeah. I am, I am take, I'm, I'm taking great joy in this. Uh, the first thing I want to say is I just want to clarify something because I wasn't speaking particularly clearly. I just uh, what I what I was supposed what I meant to say was that sometimes in your own life you are the side character, and a better way of saying it is that you can think of this as kind of a side mission. 
it's not your main story it's not your main goal in life but sometimes there's something else that matters just a little bit more or that you get sucked into and you're just kind of there along for the ride so in a way it's still about mad max even though it's not i think that's probably i think that probably is a better way of saying what i was trying to say before is it's it's still your life but sometimes you're not the main character at, at one particular moment in your life that's so, fine, but I, I think i think my point still stands oh no i just i just wanted to i just wanted to clarify oh, yeah. that that's all i'm gonna i'm gonna move on now. Gonna well move i think on. the well i think the point still stands that max doesn't actually do all that much and the story well feels that's like... what i'm going to okay address. <laughs> um i 100% disagree with you um max first of all i mean we can say i, I 100% very... disagree with me too <laughs> I know you do. Don't worry. It's okay. It's okay, Steve. It's okay. Um, so, uh, first of all, at the start, we have a lot happen. The most it, it starts out with Max. So a lot happens to Max at the very start. We can both agree on that. He gets captured. He gets made into a blood bag, and then he gets strapped to a car and taken out on this chase. That's number one. Number two, without Max, Nux does not change sides because Nux either dies in the sandstorm or he sees what happens to the wides, turns around, goes back to Morton Joe and says they're over there and they figure out how to get there. Even with all the the breaking down of the cars and getting stuck in the marsh and everything else, that happens. That's number two. Number three, Furiosa dies without Max. Number four, if Nux is already dead, he doesn't clog up the uh, the canyon when they're all running back towards the uh, towards the city. So without Nux changing sides, there's nothing. And the only reason Nux changes sides is because Max fights free and, and ends up kidnapping, ends up uh, not kidnapping, but running away and Nux chases his blood bag because he wants his blood bag back. <laughs> I want my blood bag. <laughs> so, without without Max, that Nux doesn't change sides and Nux doesn't sacrifice himself for the greater good. And Furios is dead. Not only is Furiosa dead, maybe they don't even get there because Max helps re- uh, helps restart the ring to get it moving and when Furiosa is not driving and fighting who else is going to drive or fight if Max isn't the one driving the the wives don't know really how to drive that much they didn't reach the other women out in the desert until after they had gotten through the marshes so they were not going to be of much help so chances are without Max the Morton Joe catches up and kills them all well, or at least, or at least catches up on the way back to the city. That that's that that's that part. The second part of your of your uh, claim was that action movies get boring after, well, action sequences. Sorry, action sequences get boring when it's just two hours of nonstop action. Um, first of all, it was not nonstop action. There was plenty of plenty of calmness there for me. I mean, there was the the, the conversations in the uh, in the wives den when Morton Joe is visiting the the milk the milking mother the milking maids or whatever they were called and going to see his wives and finding out that Furiosa took them and left not that she was going to get gas 
Uh, that's number one. Going out for cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) Going for cigarettes and a slushie. I'll be right back. I'm just going to 7-Eleven right up the road. Uh, that's number one. Number two, there's the, uh, in the marshes when a Morton Joe's entire caravan is, is stuck and they're all trying to figure it out how to get through and the, the, the one wife is recovered and the, it was a baby boy. There's that interesting moment there of, of the big brother. Uh, then of course you have the women out in the desert, which is a very calm, sedated moment of just like, what happened? Where is everything? Mm. Um... And of course, I mean, you have the end, and I definitely. Oh, and after the after the storm, after the storm, when they're all just kind of, well, the rig is just sitting there, and everybody's kind of coming to, like, gather, like, what just happened? Where do we need to go? What are we doing? Who's that over there? Why is that guy alive? Can you? Can somebody shoot him? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and then even when they're driving in the car, there's a lot of calm moments because they're so far ahead of a Morton Joe that the fighting is stopped. So it's not. Even though it is one long chase, it's not one long chase scene. It's not like two hours of right. Tom and Jerry running after each right, other. Right, but like it's... The, the problem I have with it is that the, it never the beats don't really change all that much. They okay, so like, it's kind of like the two towers. They run for a little while and then they stop, and then they run and then they stop. You know, and it, it's it's all just like the same stuff. They're not being proactive as much you know they they're always being reactive to the fact that a morton joe is chasing them well they were all they were reactive in the first place when they were living in a, a space where they were completely held against their will made about weighing wives against their will and they were running out into this oasis with all the gasoline so that was reactive in and of itself it's like we don't want to be here anymore then there was the reactive of we need to keep going but Joe happens to be chasing us now that's that's still reactive from the first part it's not reactive on the fact that Joe is chasing them it's reactive of we need to go a little faster now that Joe is chasing us but they always knew he was going to the point was that they wanted to get away from his oppression it's not that they were chasing him they wanted to get away from his oppression they knew he was going to chase them and when he started they needed to go faster and then there was the reaction of wait they're all out in the desert and Gastown is out in the desert too, we could go back and just retake the city and keep him out. And that's reactive, again, of their own doing. It's not reactive of Joe chasing them. It's reactive of their circumstances and needing to adapt to their changing circumstances. On another note, Two Towers, arguably the funnest one of all three movies. It wasn't the best, but it was the most fun. Uh, but that's that's a different story. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, but, we'll, this movie is not really meant to be uh, there. I mean, this is the ultimate thing here, which is the movie is not meant to be uh, one huge, amazing, thought provoking. Let's all come together, sit and think about this. It's it's pretty straightforward. This is just a blockbuster movie, a blockbuster action movie with amazing sequences and amazing visuals and amazing direction there's nothing about this that's supposed to be necessarily philosophical are there pits of philosophy in there of course there are because george miller is that fantastic the director but if you're going into mad max fury road and looking for something like the shape of water or what's another uh or american beauty 
you're you're not going to you're not going to get that because that's not what it's meant to okay. be. Okay. It's meant to be a fun action movie with some bits of interesting thought-provoking stuff. Okay. But but you see the <laughs> I'm t- I'm tapping out. <laughs> <laughs> You have no idea how difficult it was to make the criticisms somewhat almost semi-good faith. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you did a good Uh, enough job that I was thinking for a while, Steve. I was like, hmm, let me think here. How can I I respond to this? Oh, man. Can I just point out that, like, I... I did a preliminary, like, a, a picosecond's worth of looking for, like, criticism of the film, uh, just like in case, and pretty much all of the criticism I found of Mad Max was bad faith. Like, the the closest I got to echoing those was, uh, was when I said, oh, Mad Max isn't the main character of his own story, but... Oh, I know, because it's what yeah. you started with. But, like, <laughs> the, like... I didn't even want to go that way, and uh, <laughs> that's way too much. But um, but uh, like a lot of the criticism is from people who are complaining, like "Ah, oh, Furios is the main character." But yeah, anyway, <laughs> well, in 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 this recap, then Steve, since you are a huge fan of, of the movie. I, I would like to know what your opinion was of my rebuttals. Uh, basically, they were pretty much exactly what I would have said. Uh, <laughs> the, the film is amazing. It's it's fast-paced. It's high-intensity. It's well-paced as well. Like, it doesn't... Like, it doesn't just, like, go from one action scene to uh, another, like, all continuously. It's, it does have bits of good character development in there. And basically it's a good fucking film and there is like some kind of philosophy oh i'm sorry (laughs) we'll we'll censor that out (laughs) indeed uh (laughs) it's a good freaking film so uh so yeah that's basically what (laughs) i have to say about mad max fury road if you don't like it you're wrong (laughs) i love it I love it. I'll tell. I'll tell <laughs> that later. Ma, you don't like Mad Max. You're wrong. Uh, from that's from Steve. Uh, <laughs> well, that was fun. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, for you at least. It was. Oh, it's hysterical for me. But you know what, Steve? You now have the chance to get me back. Please, 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 please. Because what is our second film today, so, Adam? Our second film, chosen by Steve, because he knows how much I love it. And also because he knows we didn't go into it that much. If we had gone into this movie as much as we went into Logan, he probably would have picked Logan <laughs> instead of yeah. The Dark Knight. So that's why he ultimately chose The Dark Knight, because he knows how much I love it. He knows that uh, that I love Christopher Nolan with the burning passion of A Thousand Sons and Hans Zimmer even more than that. Mm-hmm. So he will take great joy in hearing if I have to fight against the Dark Knight. Now, Steve, I will I will flip the coin the same way as you. You uh, want to call it? Well, uh, since you went with Tails, I'll go with Tails. Okay. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah, it was Tails, wasn't it? Oh, God. What do you think, <laughs> man? What do you think? Well, you know... Steve, I just want to say right now, the picoseconds worth of research you did on how to hate your movie is more than I did on how to hate mine. God, I... Do you do you need oh, a man. do you need a moment to compose yourself? No, I don't. I'm gonna. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. To be perfectly honest with you, I was sitting here thinking to myself, ah, oh, whatever. I'm just gonna lie and say it landed on whatever <laughs> he didn't call, and I'll be good. But I was like, no, you can't lie. Yeah. You can't lie. Come on. Just, just yeah. Be honest, man. <laughs> oh God. All right. Go ahead, Steve. I just I, I just need you to start so I okay. can formulate things. So. The Dark Knight, popularly considered to be one of the greatest superhero movies of all time, (laughs) (laughs) presents several elements that just combine so well together. If you haven't seen The Dark Knight, I I encourage you, go watch it, because it, it truly is a film that ties itself pretty much perfectly together. It is a very mature and grounded, like surprisingly grounded, uh, depiction of Batman in the modern world the uh <clears throat> the performances by christian bale um maggie gyllenhaal uh heath ledger and aaron eckhart are all exceptional and beautiful and the characters are all incredibly well written and defined with quite easy to understand motivations except of course for the joker who is presented as this agent of chaos just pure chaos in an outstanding and highly memorable performance by Heath Ledger. May he rest in peace. And, you know, it's just really dang good. It was a heck of a step up as well over Batman Begins. The action scenes in The Dark Knight are tighter. The writing is better. The uh, <clears throat> the pacing is much, well, is much better balanced. And it all just kicks along quite well and it's i think it definitely deserves its title as one of the greatest superhero movies of all time so adam uh i'm just gonna kick it over to you uh why do you uh why do you what do you have to say in in a response to that what's uh painful criticisms have you i think you really know what i'm (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna have to censor that too if you do (laughs) So. <laughs> oh man, um, just a whole bunch of bleeps. <laughs> but um, well, for starters, I'd like to address the casting um, after after Katie Holmes left. I'd like to say that Maggie Gyllenhaal was really horrible casting. Whoa, I don't understand that choice. I think she was absolutely dreadful in that movie. I don't think she deepened the character at all. I think she made it worse in some ways. Um, I didn't believe her. I didn't believe the chemistry she had with either of them. Well, maybe maybe with Aaron Eckhart because because he was new to the series as well. But I did not believe her and her friendship slash could we be more than friends uh, relationship with Bruce Wayne. That's number one. <clears throat> number two, I find that they gloss over a number of, of, of potential interesting uh, character development moments for the sake of witty lines. 
in a way it reminds me of the importance of being earnest except the importance of being earnest had character development as well instead of just a writer trying to fit in as many quippy interesting quotey lines that he possibly could and of course since most of these lines are from the joker i find most of these developmental moments were sacrificed in the way of the joker we we have um at the very end for example his very last scene you know how i got these scars no but i know how you got these and then he gets flipped <laughs> off like that's a i would have that's that's an interesting character development moment that we could have had for the joker because he's been giving all these different explanations based on who he's been talking to for why he got the scars and i think what we all would have wanted to know is what his explanation for batman would have been <laughs> that's number 1 <laughs> number 2 i find is there, is there is there a no, is there a problem keep going Steve? this is great <laughs> Is there? I I don't understand what's so funny, just, Steve. Just keep going. It's fine. Oh dear, you're being attacked okay. by dogs. Well, somebody is. I don't know what's going on down there. I'm upstairs, and the dogs are. Wow. That's how loud they are. That's how loud my dogs are. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Then there's number two, which is this entire time. Batman and Joker have been fighting. Joker has wanted to know who the Batman is and then all of a sudden he gets a change of heart. There's no reasoning behind the change of heart that he no no longer wants to know who the Batman is because it's more fun. What was the moment? Where where did that come in? How did he come to this decision? The entire movie up to that point has been I want to know who the Batman is. I want to take him down. I broke out of jail and now hmm I don't want to know who he is. That that doesn't really seem to flow with me. That doesn't make any kind of sense. That's number 3, really. Number 4, Christian Bale kind of phoned in the end. I mean, he goes from this really steep muscular Batman to like this old wheezing like I'm out of breath. I need to make my lines like this. and he doesn't really deliver the lines with the same batman gravitas that he was for the first 3 quarters 9 tenths of the movie at the end he's kind of just like i'm exhausted i can't do this i need a bag to breathe into to catch my breath and it 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 it's it doesn't flow and then there's the fact that harvey dent's mania is also completely i mean to be fair he is completely out of his mind but he seems up to the point his mania seems to have as, as weird as this sounds follow me here there's a logic to it he's actually killing the people and holding the people responsible because they're not all innocent and then all of a sudden he decides he's going to kill Gordon's kid out of nowhere because that's somehow justice whereas shooting everybody else was not and of course there is the gigantic plot hole of the joker changed locations when he told them where they were held and they did not tell harvey the joker purposefully sent the batman to dent because he knew he would go flying after rachel and that meant the cops would take longer to get there because they had their procedures and it would mean that Rachel was dead and he knew it would end up 
completely destroying Harvey. And this, I'm, I, I know this is all a whole bunch of like, necess- not necessarily act like real feelings we have for the movies, but this actually really bothers me. Why didn't you just tell Harvey? Why didn't you just tell him that the Joker lied and said that you were somewhere else and we picked Rachel? I tried to save Rachel, the Joker lied. What was what was to be gained by not actually telling him that? You would have spared his life. You would have maybe spared the kid's life. There's nothing that could have been lost. Everything either would have unfolded the way it did or everything would have been okay. And everything's calm again. There's, there's no real reason they didn't tell Harvey about it. And that actually has always bothered me. Why didn't they just tell Harvey that the Joker lied? Well, uh, in response to that one first, uh, I think, I think there is something of a plot hole in, in like a minor one at least. But I think the way that the film kind of handles it is that, or the, I think the film, the direction the film is going in with that question is that it wouldn't have mattered to Harvey. It wouldn't have mattered to Harvey like either he wouldn't have believed or he would have just seen it as even worse like oh my god you guys are so incompetent anyway. And <clears throat> and so you know he regarding him like threatening to kill the boy at the end you know the the thing is he even says like I don't care about it I, I care about what's fair. I think he says, like, I don't care about what's right. I care about what's fair. Yeah. It's not about what's right. Yeah, exactly. And so what's fair? Well, he lost the person who he loved the most. It's only fair that Gordon, the who in his mind is the reason that he lost what he loved the most, the person that he loved the most, loses who he loves the most. And he chooses at random because that's that's uh, Two-Face's character. And... Uh, <clears throat> And speaking of uh, Katie Holmes, uh, not Katie Holmes uh, versus Maggie Gyllenhaal as Rachel Dawes, um, it's hard to say like who I like better. But I, I think the thing is that Maggie Gyllenhaal kind of, I think she put in a really good performance, and I think that Rachel Dawes in this film got a much better storyline in in the dark night than she did in Batman begins where she's just kind of a love interest. Who's just kind of there and doesn't really affect much. Whereas here she's, she's a very competent and uh, a much more defined character who is, <clears throat> who is thrust into this, this huge thing. And there's maybe an argument, argument to be made that, Oh, she's killed to further uh, Batman and uh, Harvey Dent's characters. And that's not great. Like that kind of turns her into a woman in a refrigerator. But you know, I think Maggie, Maggie Gyllenhaal was a good choice. I think that it probably wouldn't have been done as well in another actress's hands. I don't think Katie Holmes could have come back for for that for various reasons. Uh, I can't remember what exactly the reason was. I think it was family, like her kids or. Something Probably. about Tom Cruise didn't uh, But, um... <clears throat> let's see, what else? Batman sounding phoned in. He, yeah, he, he sounds exhausted because he's exhausted. He just, he just like, has fought through the entire night with no rest, and now he's just fallen off of a dang uh, three-story building. Like, 
one time I just I tripped and fell off onto my I fell off of a path on a hiking trail onto my back and I had the wind knocked out of me. You fall off of a three story building and tell me that you could still talk normally. <laughs> Oh, no, I was oh. talking about before he fell. Well, even so, I like, I would say that, like, uh, <clears throat> I would say that, I mean, he's been fighting throughout the entire night. He's trying to, he's he's exhausted, he's tired, he's, he's uh, like, pretty much out of juice. Like, he can't even really fight Two-Face, he, he can't. Although most he can muster is to just, like, bum-rush him off of the, uh, off of the building. Um... Uh, I'm forgetting something that you addressed, and I can't remember what it is. Uh, brain work. Come on. Oh, the Joker plot. The Joker oh, plot so, like, uh, regarding the Joker deciding, that's kind of, like, just deciding that he doesn't want to know who Batman is, and he doesn't want to, uh, he doesn't want to kill Batman anymore. That's just kind of him. You know, he's chaos. He's chaos in human form, and what he says and does doesn't necessarily make sense because it doesn't have to make sense. Chaos doesn't make sense, and that's how he keeps people guessing. It's how he is able to keep on the upper hand is, like, he's constantly changing his plans and his mind, and you know, it throws the city into disarray. It's it, like, that's his goal, is, like, to throw the entirety of Gotham into chaos and disarray and anarchy. And it starts off with, okay, I want Batman dead. But then... He figures, hmm, what would send people out of their dang minds <clears throat> faster? I'm going to encourage people to kill this one dude. I'm going to tell people, oh, if, you, if this one dude who is about to reveal Batman's identity doesn't die... I'm going to kill a ton of people. I nearly had to be censored again. <laughs> I caught myself. <laughs> he, said, if, if he says, if I, if, if the Batman's identity is revealed, if you don't kill this one man, I'm going to kill a whole ton of people in this hospital over here. You know, he's trying to get people to realize that they are not as good as they pretend to be. They, the wor they're only as good as the world allows them to be. That's his ethos. And that could even not be his ethos because he's so chaotic and unpredictable that he doesn't that he doesn't even believe that any anymore. Like it could just be something that he says in the moment. Uh, we don't know. And uh, there's one little bit I remember you saying. Like I, I wanted you to con continue because I was laughing at something really stupid, but I was just sitting there. It was the it was the Joker plot holes the joke the Joker character development moments of we don't see his explanation with the Batman. Well, I just imagined I just imagined him like sitting lines. down with somebody and explaining how he got scars from the Batman, and that just made me laugh. Like, okay, so I was hanging off of a <laughs> building with this guy dressed like a bat. <laughs> oh man, and. And speaking of impressions of the Joker, you see tons of people doing impressions of the Joker because his performance is so memorable. You don't need to know that much about him. You don't need to know that much character development. His scar stories all could be completely fake. You know, he doesn't... 
Well, they, I mean, they have to be. There's two yeah. of them. There's two completely different ones. And then there was a third uh, one. Yeah, but, like, I don't think we really there. needed to. We, It was the one, two, three, like, the 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 use of three. You know, the the fact is, it didn't need to go into detail about the, uh, <clears throat> about that, because it was just kind of a setup for Batman, like, <laughs> Batman doing the little metaphorical flip-off right there. <sighs> and so, yeah, I think uh, I think I can safely say that your uh, your criticisms are kind of wrong, uh, pretty well. Um... <laughs> well, most of them are. I still I'm still bothered by the fact that it at least tried to sell yeah. Harvey. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but they 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 really should have at least given it a try. Like, let's try the truth. The truth doesn't work, and he still looks like a Okay, I'll take him down. But it's it, it you, you gotta well, try either. Either they figured, that's, that's my, my only point. other thing for it is either they figured that he wouldn't have believed them, or uh, he, uh, he like, I, that might just be another symbol of their incompetence. I mean, the Gotham City Police are just so incompetent that they don't take care of the... <laughs> yes, I, the oh, I understand they're all possibilities, but the possibility, there's also a possibility that Harvey Dent realizes what has happened because he was a good guy up until that point and he realizes that the Joker's taking him for a ride and he goes out of his mind and goes after the Joker instead there's also that possibility too I, I understand what you're saying are both possibilities but the problem is they're only possibilities because the truth was never taken as okay possible. fair but I still argue that they probably wouldn't have they, they probably guessed that he wouldn't have believed them or wouldn't care and yeah well that's fine i'm, I'm not arguing that they, they, they i'm just saying that the word probably there is is the problem because we don't know because we were well maybe it's in a deleted scene somewhere maybe it features a cameo from Matthew nice. mcconaughey <laughs> okay can i oh, are you tapping can out yeah <laughs> go ahead <laughs> yes please can i stop okay the biggest thing about him changing this decision was the fact that it was his plan to kidnap a hospital, yeah. a busload full of hospital patients, so they could he could distract the rest of the city. That's what it was. I really, I couldn't <laughs> believe I was saying that out loud. The whole thing was just a one giant look over here while they yeah. smacked him across the face. Oh my god! All right. Oh god! And yes, Maggie Gyllenhaal's character uh, was very good, but. I'm one way or another about her. Sometimes I I like her, sometimes I don't. But I will absolutely say that Rachel's character was a lot better Uh. in The Dark Knight. Oh, my God. And you'll notice that none of my characters targeted (laughs) the music or Heath Ledger or Chris Nolan in any way. (laughs) I couldn't do it. I had to find, like, It's hard, isn't it? It's hard to, like... It's really yeah. hard to find like non bad faith criticisms of the movie that you love. Oh man, now you know my pain. It is. <laughs> I was like, oh wow, there is a criticism. But the good thing, the good thing about me about my movie though is I actually had a criticism that I stumbled into and I forgotten about. It's like that's right. That is a plot hole. Oh, I have something <laughs> I can actually say as criticism. <laughs> oh man. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, it, this this exercise has made me like. Well, that was- I thought it would maybe give me a chance to put myself in the shoes of the people who don't like the movies that that we like, and 
after doing this whole exercise, I gotta say, I still don't get them. I, I remember, <laughs> I remember a while time don't ago. Either. I forget, no, um, no. I forget this movie reviewer's name, but like, uh, apparently, this uh, this like prominent movie reviewer for the New York Times like walked out of the dark. Was it A.O. Scott? Like, I heard that they walked out of the Dark Knight after, like, after, like, uh, a half hour or so, (laughs) because they didn't like it, and and I still don't understand that. Yeah. Wow. Well, these people are a mystery, aren't they? I know, I know, I know A.O. Scott is the, is the Times reviewer. It might Um, have been a different newspaper, but, uh... I don't know. Now I'm looking up, like, reviewer walks out of <laughs> Dark Knight. Uh-oh. Well, the title of the title of this article is How Many Superheroes Does It Take to Tire a Genre? And it's a picture of Iron mm. Man, Hancock, and the Dark Knight, so... Well... <laughs> oh, boy. These people are still going to be a mystery. <laughs> but, uh... They really will be. Have you anything more to say, Adam? Has this uh, enlightened you, or... Or hurt no. you? <laughs> no, it is not it enlightened me. It, hurt, it, hurts it hurts me, me and honestly, it hurts me even more. Like, how do you make these arguments? I know, and know that it's it's crap? kind of baffling. Oh, this was entertaining, though. This was. <laughs> I was so afraid that I would have oh, to do absolutely. that. I would have to Incredibly. like be the bad guy for both movies, and I was like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, when it starts out the way it started, I mean, that's going <laughs> to yeah. compound your fears. <laughs> oh, this is oh, hilarious. God. Thank you great. so much for doing this. It, it really was. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it was your suggestion, Steve, so thank you. Oh, <laughs> I think that's all the time we have for today. It absolutely is. And look, Steve, we're yeah, like it's amazing. minutes under <laughs> what we usually do. I do not envy all the censoring you <laughs> oh, might have Lord. to do. Well, but uh, okay. no, there's only one censoring I have to do. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It'll be done. All is good. All is uh, well. Steve, thank you very much. Thank you for having me, as thank always. You for joining me. Um, of course, appreciate you sticking with me oh, through yeah. the technical difficulties <laughs> of the Anchor app. And, Thankfully, we will not be a problem again because Anchor technical support is fantastic. So we will be back next week. And thanks for listening.